Thanks for listening to the Valley Point Church Podcast. We're currently in the series, Best Of. We hope it's a blessing to you. For the final week of Best Of, I want to go back to a series in 2016 called Where Did It Go? Where did it go? The it is referring to self-control. So where did it go? Where did self-control go? And what we did during that series is we talked about different areas of our lives that tend to get out of control, where we just lose it a bit. And how can we bring control back into those areas and honor God and not be so chaotic? So that's what we walked through. Where do we find it? Where did self-control go? Well, one of the areas that we discussed that we tend to lose it in terms of control is our calendars. It's our schedules. It's our lives. So let me ask you a few opening questions as we consider this. Does it feel like your schedule, your life is a bit out of control, and overloaded, and you feel a burden about that, you're not exactly sure what to do. Are you attempting too much? Are you saying yes too often? Is the calendar a bit chaotic? I want you just to think about that. Your life, your work schedule, your personal schedule, all the different things that you are involved in as an individual, as a family, would you say that your calendar right now is a bit chaotic and out of control? We're approaching a season that many people love. It's the holiday season, the most wonderful time of the year, right? Except for when it's not. And the reason it's often not is because we tend to throw in all kinds of stuff from parties to events, things we want to do to remember the holiday and to celebrate, all the people we need to see, all the people we want to buy for in terms of gifts. And there's this event and that event. And often it's just too much. It's too much. And we're right there. The holiday season begins. Often it's just a little too much. Throw in a church move. (laughs) Throw in all of the other things that we want to accomplish from now until the end of the year. And it may be just too much. It might be calendar chaos. And what we find is we approach this season with energy, but we get to the end of it and we find ourselves running on empty often. And running on empty is dangerous physically, emotionally, and spiritually. It's very dangerous, maybe even toxic. So here's our big idea for today. And I would encourage you to take out your talk notes. You will see that it is wide open and you have all kinds of space to write things down. And I would encourage you to write down what God whispers into your heart like this big idea. Here we go. Calendar chaos can be resolved with a look into the life of Jesus. And that's what we're going to do today. Calendar chaos. I really believe this. It can be resolved. It can be fixed 
by looking into the life of Jesus. Now, maybe you're here and you're saying, you know what? This talk's not for me because I don't feel like my life is out of control and my calendar is not too full. There is balance there. And perhaps you've been working hard at that and you feel okay about where you are right now regarding your life and your schedule and your calendar. That's great. That's great. I'm glad that you're here. I would encourage you to also lean in a bit because you never know what's around the corner. And often there are things that happen that we cannot control and we cannot see. And when they arrive, they bring chaos into our calendar. Perhaps it could be a sickness. Something that just invades your life that you don't know about quite yet. And yeah, your calendar is good, you're okay, but yet that may be coming, and boy, that can really throw us into chaos. Or maybe there's a relationship challenge, and you know there's something to fix or something to adjust, and you're not exactly sure how to do that or when it will happen, but it's kind of there waiting for you, and when that hits, there could be some chaos that comes to your calendar. So maybe you feel okay today that you're in control, but you never know what's around the corner. And so I would encourage you to listen to this. Let me start with some confessions. These are my confessions to you now. Three to be exact. One of the things that I enjoy about Valley Point Church is that it's okay to not be okay here. Does that make sense to you? It's okay to not be okay. Often, especially in a religious setting, everybody wants to be okay and everything is fine and everything is right. And that's what we say because we want to portray that we're okay and fine and right. Well, we know that can't be true for everybody. And we've tried to create a culture here at Valley Point where it's okay to not be okay. And we should be able to say that and have people surround us with love and compassion and help us in whatever area we need help. So here's, here's my first confession. I'm not okay in this area, all right? When it comes to calendaring and chaos, I'm not okay. I run too fast. I take on too much. I go, 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 and I leave little or no margin in my life to do nothing or just be. That's me. Now, I will say it's part of my personality as well. I like to go, I like to accomplish and conquer and do and achieve. And if there's a sense where I'm sitting around doing nothing, I kind of feel like I'm wasting time. Like there's something to do. There's a book to read. There's another talk to write. There's somebody I've got to call. There's a strategy to implement. And so I love filling my calendar with all kinds of stuff. But that's not necessarily healthy for me. It's not necessarily healthy for my family or even for Valley Point Church. So I want to be honest with you and confess, I'm not okay in this area. I'm not great at this, okay? I'm not. I love to go and do and accomplish and fill my calendar to where it's overflowing. And that's not great. Second confession. I don't feel I have much to offer (laughs) regarding this area, but I will share with you some of the things that I'm learning. And particularly what I'm learning from scripture itself. And uniquely, God's word has quite a bit to say about our time. 
and what we should be doing with it and what we shouldn't be doing. And so I don't have a lot to offer, but I'll share from the perspective of what God is teaching me. I'm not a time management expert. I'm not a life coach. That's not me. I look to scripture. What does it say? And so let's try this. Let's try it because Jesus said, give it a shot and see what happens. So I'll share with you what I'm learning. Secondly, I've been taking steps to guard this area because I don't want to run on empty. I don't. That kind of frightens me. I don't want to run on empty. Leaders who run on empty are dangerous. Parents who run on empty, that's dangerous. Friends who run on empty, that's dangerous. And it brings a level of toxicity that can destroy everything. And so we don't want to run on empty. I don't want that. I don't think you want that. And so we need to dig into this again at the start of a very busy season, a holiday season. And there's all kinds of church stuff that we're adding to this as well. We don't want to run on empty. That's not good for us. So I'm taking steps to guard this. I really am. And I want to ask you to join me. Those are my confessions. And I hope that helps you relax a little bit as you think about how you are doing in this area. Now, here's what I did. In light of the fact that I don't feel I'm great at scheduling and I do too much, I just began to think and I wrote down some thoughts. I believe in Jesus. I do. You probably know that about me. I believe in Jesus. I have trusted in him alone to rescue me and to save me. I study the life of Jesus. And I love doing that. What he said and what he did and how he interacted with people. And so it occurred to me, if I need help in this area, why not look to the life of Jesus, right? Why not do that? Because maybe he has something to say about what I, what we should be doing with our time. And is there something that we can learn from how he functioned? And I think there is. By the way, one of the great things about Jesus is that he invites us to investigate his life. He invites us to freely do that, which is a great thing. Like, check me out. Investigate who I am and what I say. I am wide open to that. That's Jesus. So he invites us to investigate his life, and then he encourages us to imitate. So here's what I say, and here's what I do. Think about it. Now I want you to imitate me. And there's much that we can imitate from the life of Christ. And so I dove into the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the first four books of the New Testament that talk to us about the life of Jesus and what he said and what he did. And I just began to journal and write down some things about Jesus and his time, Jesus and his schedule. What did that look like and what can we learn? And so I want to share with you now five thoughts, five principles taken right from the gospels. And we see this over and over again. We're going to hang out and just One chapter today, Mark chapter one, where we see this lived out, but Jesus did this in all the gospels. I want to share these five thoughts, these five principles with you on how Jesus used his time. All right. Are you ready? Here we go. Number one, we don't want to run on empty. We want to avoid that. So what did Jesus do? Well, here's what he did with his time. Number one, Jesus worked. 
Jesus worked. (laughs) Now, that seems kind of a, a strange place to start, right? Because most of us perhaps would say, if I didn't have to work so much, I would have a little more time and a little more margin in my life. So perhaps if I could scoot that over to the side, that would be better for me. But yet what we see over and over and over again is that Jesus worked and he was good at his work. And all of us have some type of work. It could be paid or unpaid. It could be in the home or out of the home. For you students, I would say school is your work. Work is really whatever occupies the majority of your time. And again, it might be paid or unpaid. Perhaps you're a stay-at-home dad or a stay-at-home mom. That's work. It's a lot of work. Maybe you're retired and you don't work in the same fashion that you did during your career, but you've probably taken up something else. Maybe more time with your family or your grandkids. That in and of itself is work. And so we all have some kind of work and it's going to be different for all of us. I want you to be thinking about your work right now. Because Jesus worked and he was good at it. He had a job. Now, if you turn to Mark chapter 1 with your Bible or device, I'm going to begin reading with verse 14. Mark chapter 1, the second gospel, right after the book of Matthew. So if you find Matthew and turn to the right, eventually you'll find Mark and chapter 1. And here's what we discover about Jesus and his work. Verse 14. Jesus went into Galilee, where he preached God's good news. That was his job. That's what Jesus came to do, to preach good news. And here's what he said. The time promised by God has come at last, he announced. The kingdom of God is near. Repent of your sins and believe the good news. That was the work of Jesus. And everywhere he went... He said, here's the good news. The time promised by God, it's come. It's here. Repent, turn from your sins, trust in me, and you'll have a forever friend in God. That was the work that Jesus had in front of him. He worked and he was really good at his work. So with your work, whatever that is, be good at it. And allow that to occupy some of your time. Be good at it. If you don't like your work right now, and I know that's true for many people, you just don't like your work. If you don't like your work, still be good at it and pray and ask God to give you something different. But until he does, continue to be good at what God has given to you now because your work matters to God. It matters. Whatever you do, it matters and it's spiritual. Jesus worked. That's what we learn from him. Well, what else? Number two, Jesus mentored a few. He mentored a few. What we find next in the book of Mark is that Jesus begins the process of putting his team together. And it's more than just a team that's going to go out and change the world. And that's indeed what they did. But Jesus realized these are individuals that I want around me because I'm going to encourage them and help them and build into their lives. And so what Jesus did with his time is that he worked, but he also mentored a few. Not everybody, which is kind of a fascinating thought to me because 
Jesus, after all, he's really high capacity, right? So certainly he could mentor everyone, but that's not what he does. He just mentors a few. Verse 16. One day as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew throwing a net into the water. For they fished for a living. That was their work. Jesus called out to them, come. I'm going to change your work now. I want you to follow me and I will show you how to fish for people. Do you see that word show there? Circle that or underline that because in the construction of the sentence, it means to perform or to cause to be. So here we have Jesus and he's saying, I will pour into your life now and I will show you, I will perform this in you. I'm going to cause this to be. And I'm going to change you from being fishers of fish to being fishers of people. I'm going to invest in you. Verse 18, and they left their nets at once and followed him. A little farther up the shore, Jesus saw Zebedee's sons, James and John. There they were in a boat repairing their nets. They're fishermen as well. They're working. He called them at once. And they also followed him, leaving their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men. Jesus mentored a few. And that's what we see happening in Mark. Again not everybody. Not everybody. But he did invest in a few. That was part of his calendar. Okay what else? How did Jesus use his time? Number three. He looked for needs. And responded. So we find Jesus working. We find him mentoring a few, but then he did look up and out and he began to respond to the needs around him. What we see next in Mark chapter one, and we're not going to read these verses here, but in verses 29 through 34, he is healing individuals. He actually healed Peter's mother-in-law, one of the disciples. She was deathly sick. And Jesus healed her, and after that, his popularity began to spread, and it says many of the sick came to him because they knew he could do something about their issue and about their problem, and so we find him responding to needs that way. In the next section, we find Jesus teaching again and sharing truth with many people, and he's traveling throughout the region of Galilee, preaching in synagogues and doing more healing. In verses 40 through the end of the chapter, verse 45, we find Jesus heals a man with leprosy, a guy who was in a lot of trouble. And Jesus just touched him and healed him. And so here we find Jesus occupying his time by looking out and up And responding to the needs of the people around him. Now listen for just a moment. We're not Jesus. Okay? I'm not. You're not. There's no expectation that Jesus wants us to go out and heal and touch people in that kind of way. That happened here because, well, he's Jesus. And he has that kind of ability. So we're not called to do that, but I do think we're called to look up and out. And the principle here is respond to the needs of the people around you, whatever that may be. And that filled 
the time of Jesus. Looking and responding. What else? Well, here's what we find in verse 35. Before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up. Okay, we're all going to love this one. Number four, Jesus rested. He slept. Isn't that wonderful? That sounds great, doesn't it? Like this should fill our calendar. Before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up. And the indication there is he was sleeping. He was resting. We don't know how long. Scripture doesn't tell us that. It'd be nice if it did. Like, wow, Jesus slept this amount of time. So maybe we should do that. Scripture doesn't tell us how long he slept, but we do know at some point he rested. And so the encouragement, the challenge for everybody today is go home and take a nap. All right. The Eagles don't play today, which is wonderful. There's nothing to watch. And so cancel all of your plans and just go take a nap and and rest. And that should fill our time. We have to take care of ourselves physically. I believe Jesus did that. Doing really important work, saving the world. What a mission he had, kind of a big deal. In the middle of all that, as the God-man, though, Jesus knew he had to take care of himself physically. So he rested, he slept. A lot of us sacrifice quite a bit of rest. And that's not good for us. And will cause us to run on empty. If Jesus himself needed to sleep, my goodness, we better do the same. Number five, Jesus prayed. He prayed, no snooze button. He's up and out the door and he's praying. That's what we find in the rest of verse 35. It says, he went out to an isolated place to pray. That word isolated means solitary. It was a desolate desolate place was secluded. It was unpopulated. It has the picture of a wilderness. So Jesus slept, but he got up and went to this secluded, this desolate, this unpopulated place to pray. Think about that. Jesus, God with flesh on prayed. Now I'm going to talk to myself here for just a moment because Here's what I do when I get really busy. You start scheduling things and you start running and going and adding. And often the first thing that goes is that private time with God in prayer. I just don't have time to do that because there's someone to talk to. There's someone to meet. There's something to do. And I often stop praying. And that makes no sense at all. No sense at all. Especially when we find Jesus himself saving the world, giving his life, and yet still taking time after some rest to pray to his father. It makes no sense that I would stop praying in the middle of business or that you would do that either. So let's take it upon ourselves to look at the example of Jesus and to know that he prayed. It was really important to him. We shouldn't push that when we get busy. As a matter of fact, we should say no to a lot of other things so that we can have that private time with God. So that's Jesus. And when you look at Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you discover... These are the things that he did. He worked, he mentored a few, he looked for needs and then responded. He rested 
and he prayed. Okay. What does that mean for us though? That's Jesus. What does that mean for us? Well, I have three questions that I want to ask. Three questions that we need to consider. Number one, what needs to be added to my life to reflect the activity of Jesus? Often we just want to cut a bunch of stuff. And we'll talk about saying no in a moment. But I think the challenge here is with our calendars, with our time, what do we need to add to reflect the kinds of things that Jesus did? Because again, he accomplished quite a bit in a short amount of time. So let's do that stuff. What do we need to say yes to? What do we need to add to reflect the activity of Jesus? Number two, what do I need to say yes to that I've been avoiding? So when I think about these five things that Jesus did, he worked, he mentored a few, he looked for needs and then responded, he rested, and then he prayed. What do I need to say yes to that I've been pushing or avoiding from that list? And then one final question, what needs a quick no so I can say yes to great things? The power of a quick no is marvelous. And one of the things that I'm discovering is often we say, well, let me, let me get back to you on that. There's a sense where if we know we can't do something or we shouldn't, or it takes us away from the activity and the things that filled the calendar of Jesus, a quick no is empowering. We just say no and we move on and we fill our time with Working and mentoring a few and looking up and out and responding to needs and resting and then praying. So what needs a quick no so that you can say yes to great things? There is a sense, and I think we understand this. There is a sense when we say yes to too much, we're really not accomplishing anything great. You know, we're just spread thin, we're all over the place. So how can we narrow the focus like a laser And say yes to the things that matter. So we can keep doing great things. Two takeaways. Number one, pick a question and implement. So I hope you wrote them down. (laughs) Pick a question and implement. All right, and then secondly, let's be like Jesus. We say that, we throw that out there. Let's, Let's do what Jesus did. Well, let's actually do that. Especially when it comes to our calendar and our time. Let's work. That has to happen. And work is a good thing. You can honor God with your work. Be great at it. Be the best at it in your environment. Work. Mentor a few. Look up and out. Respond to needs. Get your rest. Sleep. Take some naps. And then pray. And I believe if we do that... If we work at these things, as we embark on a very busy season, as we think about everything that's happening with the holidays and with a church move, we will be filled with joy. And this truly will be the most wonderful time of the year because we'll be doing the kinds of things that Jesus did and our calendar will not be filled with chaos. It will be filled with purpose. So let's act like Jesus.
Father, thank you for some time today just to review what we find about you and your life and what was important to you. We see these things reflected in the life of Jesus. We're grateful for his example. God, I pray beyond just a talk on what to do with our time, that that this would impact us and we would really consider what we need to be doing as we embark on a busy time. God, would you help us to prioritize? Would you help us to lift up the things that Jesus did with his time and make them a priority in our lives? God, I think a lot of us are probably just too busy, too busy saying yes to things that are maybe okay, but not great. And maybe we need to say no to a few more things so that we can focus on what's best. I pray that you'd help me to do that, help everyone here to do that. Help us also to add the kinds of things that reflect the behavior of Jesus. God, I pray that for our students at school with their work, help them to be good at it to use their time wisely. I pray that for our college students, our young singles, our young marrieds, those who find themselves in the middle years and beyond. God, there's a lot of ages in this room. Would you help us all to use our time wisely because we don't want to run on empty. Running on empty is very dangerous. Physically, emotionally, and spiritually, it's dangerous for leaders. It's dangerous for parents and grandparents. It's dangerous in our relationships. If we don't fill our tank with what you need and want for us, we'll have nothing to give. So God, help us to prioritize our time. Give us the strength to do that, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you call Valley Point Church home or would like to make a donation, please go to valleypointchurch.com slash online giving. If you're in need of prayer, we would love to serve you in that way. Send us a message at prayer at valleypointchurch.com. Be blessed.